know about making money. I was out here just having fun. And that's what, and the money was just secondary. Welcome, my name is Doug Simcox, and this is Beyond the Shoots as presented by Parasite Systems. In this episode, I interview Mike Swearingen, a cowboy from upstate New York who began his professional rodeo career in the mid-70s. Many rodeo athletes will focus on one event and become specialized in that event. The very few will compete in two events, possibly three events. Any rodeo athlete that competes in two or more events that wins money in those events is in the all-around points race and winning the all-around cowboy championship is one of rodeo's highest achievements. What's made Mike unusual is that he has competed in four events at both ends of the arena. At the bucking shoots, the rough stock riding, the bareback bronc riding, the saddle bronc riding, and the bull riding. And at the other end of the arena, at the timed event end, the steer wrestling. Now, during our conversation, we discuss how he got started in rodeo, and he takes us through 1978, the year that he won his first three championships in the American Professional Rodeo Association, one of which was his first all-around cowboy championship. Now, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Search for Beyond the Shoots and follow us. I hope that you enjoy this episode about the all-around cowboy, Mike Swearingen. So, Mike, on this evening, how are you today? I'm doing good, Doug. How about you? I am good. I am good. I'm excited about this conversation. You know, last time we got together, you talked about Buffalo Bill, the Bounty Bull, Utica, New York, $1,000 Bounty, and, and also Riding the Yak in Canada. Both those episodes are up. So I'm excited to pick it up. So what I'd like to do tonight, if it's okay, let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the at the early years. The early years, okay. Growing up, Mike Swearingen in Nunday, uh, Lester, New York, was it? Well, I grew up, yeah. I, you know, up until well, I, we lived in Lima uh, up until the fifth grade. <clears throat> okay. Then we moved to Lester. Dad bought a farm up there and moved to Lester. And in Lima, I was more of a town kid, but we did have Dad had a couple horses, but that's pretty much all i remember much about that until we moved to luster okay okay we went from there but yep and then uh that's where that's where pretty much all started so in leicester a little bitty town upstate new york uh south and west of rochester is that how you would describe it upstate yep yep so you you move in the fifth grade you move to um you move to leicester had you had you had had you seen rodeo? Had was it already on your radar by the fifth grade? Well, yeah, Dad <clears throat> used to take us to a lot of the rodeos that were around. What the few that were around, and Dad actually played around uh, doing a little roping. Um, he never really entered. I don't think too many rodeos, except for uh, barrel racing. Now back then, the men could barrel race, and Dad had a stud that he was kind of promoting a little bit and uh he was breeding a few mares and stuff with it but he would run barrels and he would uh rope off this stud and uh so that's kind of where i kind of remember some of that and he actually even ran uh, even back then they called him uh well they go to these fairgrounds and have rodeos and even at the fairs and they'd have these flat races quarter horse races mm-hmm. on these on the tracks and dad had had entered the stud a few times so i remember going going to some of the rodeos back then just watching and and uh, uh you know kind of so i did have a little bit of knowledge of of what they did mm-hmm. and bull riding scared me to death but okay okay <laughs> <that> was, <laughs> yeah yeah so so was it very organized then i mean we're talking what mid mid to late 60s mid mid 60s it was been late 50s early okay. 60s okay yeah okay and yeah. and era at that point the empire rodeo association i don't even i don't know i don't even think it was organized at that time yet i mean there were some little bit later on that i know were you know uh like lima <clears throat> um a couple guys got together and built an arena and then he started putting rodeos on and i think that's pretty much 
that was one of the ones that was a actual organized uh, Empire Rodeo Association rodeo, and then there there were more after that, but that was one of the first ones I kind of remember because I was we were still living in Lima, and that was uh, you know not too far away, so we'd go to that and and watch that. Mm-hmm. So. And Attica was going on at that time. Yes, but I don't remember going to Attica until after we had moved to Leicester mm-hmm. and uh, was up there for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. So you move in the fifth grade and that's when now you're more exposed to, to rodeo. You get an opportunity. We are more exposed to riding horses. Okay. Uh, we, okay. we had a riding stable. Dad and mom started a riding stable. Geneseo State College wasn't but about five or six miles from us. And so back in the, early 60s and mid 60s um they they started riding stables and my job was to break all the new horses or at least ride them dad would go to auctions every week mm. and having we had about at one time we had about 80 head of trail horses holy cow and they get sour and we turn them over so i would wind up being being the oldest um I would be the test pilot mm-hmm. and I would have to make sure that they were safe for the public. Yeah. Well, when they come from the auctions, there's a hole in them from somewhere, you right, know? Right. And, uh, so, so the, the roughness and the, you know, that part of it was just pretty much how I got started. It wasn't a competition or anything. I just have to get on these old crow baits and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. make sure that they were safe and, and, uh, some would work out, some wouldn't. If they didn't work out, they would back to the sale barn the next week and, you know, he'd replace them with something else. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much how how we got as far as my horsemanship and knowing horses. Um, but even way back when I lived in Lima, I guess I could go back a little bit. Dad and another good family friend, Dave Mentier, like I said, would play around roping and stuff well. Dad had bought me a little blind Shetland stud pony, and um, we would we would buck him. We'd just put a rope around his girth. That's all I used for, and he'd put a flank on him, and mm-hmm. pony stand there, and I'd get on him, and then he'd give him a kick start, and away we'd go. We'd oh buck God. around there, and then then he bought me a little uh, bull. Had a little bucking bull. So I guess back even back in the fifth grade, if I stopped and think about it, um, I. I was doing that kind of stuff, but we were just playing around having mm-hmm. fun, you know. And was and it that, fun? I mean, did you enjoy it? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it was, you know, and uh, it, so by the time we did get to the horses and, you know, and had all the horses and doing a lot of riding, it was riding every day and stuff. Yeah. That just that just built my balance and the knowledge and the movement of horses and things like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's where it really the education came from as far as, that part of it okay and no doubt some of these horses coming out of the auction a little bronchy yeah (laughs) (laughs) most of them most of them weren't too bad most of them were spoiled you know they either barn sour or you know are they but uh he did buy he did buy one horse that uh dad comes home with him and good looking registered a poco bino horse and you know, good looking stout son of a gun. Well, <laughs> dad says, well, I had to buy him. He's going too cheap. He says, I've seen him go through the auction five weeks in a row. He keeps coming oh back. My, oh, <laughs> my. oh my. <laughs> but you, so, you can break him, Mike. You'll be yeah. all right. <laughs> so he says, yeah, get him saddled. So I yeah. threw the saddle on him and I crawl up on him now. And I don't know why on earth he did this, but. <laughs> We had arena right there, but mm. no, we got to saddle the son of a gun out in the driveway right. and uh, get up on him. I said, well, we'll take him. Ah, he's all right. Well, dad had put a lariat. He had a halter and bridle on him, and he put a lariat around his neck and run it down through the through the halter so he'd have a little bit of control with him. Yeah, yeah. My dad was like a, uh, I don't know, he was like on the end of a kite string getting <laughs> This son of a gun broke in too. Oh, I about time I hit my butt in that seat, he oh, exploded. Oh. And he 
bucks on down through there, and he's just a he's just a clacking them, and I hang on to him. Dad's on the end of the lariat, you know, <laughs> sliding along, <clears throat> and uh, you, you got to understand, my dad probably only weighed 145 pounds, you know, <laughs> at right. that time. He was in good shape, but he wasn't a very big man, right? And uh, so the horse stops, mm-hmm. and and it gets kind of towards the end of the driveway going away from the road, which was good. You know, right. he stopped over <laughs> towards the arena. Yeah. And, it, and I, I, today I remember watching this horse's eyes and he turned and looked at one foot and he turns head and looked at the other foot. And he says, this son of a gun still in the middle of me. <laughs> turns around and breaks him too, going back the other way, oh almost up to the road. And I mean, he's oh, clacking him over oh, his head. Wow. He doesn't got me on the ground yet. Yeah. I mean, he's got me pretty shook up, but I mean, he's, so dad's still on there and he quits bucking. Mm-hmm. I I kind of ride the horse, you know, finally he stops and yeah. dad said, well, kick him up again. See what happens. Well, he didn't do anything. He just started to walk off. Okay. Okay. Walk him up. Whoa. Back. You know, oh, the nice. son of a gun's broke. Okay. He's broke. Okay. He come out of Nebraska. He was a ranch horse to come out of Nebraska. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so he'd made his way back east here. Yeah. And, uh, so anyway, um, dad walks up and he peels the lariat off. I said, what are you doing? Yeah. It's, uh, he's all right. He's broke. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. I walk him off, yeah. stop him, yeah. back him, turn him. Neck rain's good. You know, yeah. he is broke. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. he was broke son of a gun. Yeah. So I start jogging around a little bit. Yeah. Stop him, back him up, turn him. Yeah. Okay. Jog him off there again. I break him in a lope. This son of a gun unloads oh, me wow. now. Wow. I mean, <laughs> he, he explodes, dumps me in a pile. Yeah. And he's, he's bronchy anyway. I mean, just his natural demeanor, he was bronchy. But, uh, you know, we get him caught up. I get him. Now I take him in the arena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I ride him around. And I find out a lot about the horse. I yeah, find that, yeah. you know, his, his men, mental. Oh, he just loved to buck. Okay. And he, okay. you had you had to ride that son of a you could saddle him up, get on him and walk off and ride him around and trot him off if you rode him pretty much every day or three or four times a week or whatever and okay. he, he wouldn't buck until you broke him into a low. Okay. He just okay. he'd have to buck. He'd have to buck. Okay. Oh yeah. So so, so this become a practice horse? I mean, it sounds like you're headed into bronc riding. Well, it, it, and that's the funny thing you say that because about that time, Dad started putting on Little Britches rodeos. Okay. We we put on the first Little Britches rodeos east of the Mississippi, right there in our backyard. Oh wow! And okay. uh, we put on two of them there at home, and then I think Dad in two years' time we had like five of them because he went to a couple different towns and put some on, and it was most of them were horses that we had that were a little bit sour. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. trail horses or something that dad started putting a little bit of, and he was, he was in there, you know, he was one of them. And, uh, actually the very first broken bone I ever got, I drew the horse in the bareback riding up at a, at a rodeo and they'd had the shoot gates. Nobody knew anything about whoever was putting the rodeo on up. It was up towards Rochester up by the lake up there. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, they had, uh, put this high school rodeo on, or, I mean, Little Bridges Rodeo, mm-hmm. and they hung the shoot gates on backwards. Oh, oh. So oh. the horse was facing the latch. Oh. And they, okay. by the time they got up there, we didn't realize any of this, you know, and you couldn't load them in from the other way. So yeah. we would make sure that most of them, well, this horse was so fast leaving the chutes. Yeah. When he, I oh. drew him in the bareback ride, and then when he come out, he hit my toes on the oh. post. Oh. And I, I broke my foot. And uh, I wanted a bareback riding on him, okay. but I, when I went, didn't even know. I mean, I knew something happened, you know. But yeah. I wanted a bareback riding on the horse and went to get off on the pickup man. Dad was a pickup man, and I got off on him, and I couldn't put my foot on the ground. I said, Dad, something's wrong. I can't yeah. step on it. Yeah. So he kind of carried me off to, you know, I hung on the saddle horn, carried me yeah. off the fence, and got up there, and then I was done. I'm, okay. I totally busted my foot. So. Oh, my. But that was, yeah. But. 
<laughs> so the horse was actually, and then I, oh, when it got said and done, I sold the horse to a stock contractor up in Canada. Oh, wow. You did. Horse. Okay. Yeah. And, and did you, did, uh, and I don't want to get too far ahead here, but did you ever see the horse again? Did you ever get on the horse? No. Canada? No. No. Once, no. Once, no. once he got up there, I never did see him again. Okay. I didn't, okay. I didn't really start going. I, at that time, I was only like, I think 14 or oh, so. 14. 14 or 15. So, so with the Little Britches Rodeo, um, what events were you competing in then? Do you recall? Bareback and bull riding. Just bareback and bull riding. Right. Because basically I, maybe I roped, I don't know. And yeah, that was yeah. a funny thing. Cause that's what dad wanted us boys to be with ropers to start okay. with. Okay. Yeah. We were too, we were too wild. I, I always figured I was a wild Indian. I really did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. did you know, I just, it was just like that kind of stuff you know just screwing around with it and, uh, so but no we uh i you know i don't remember roping yeah. i never really enjoyed it too much okay. i did okay did rope and could rope quite a bit but it's you know it was just like going to a horse show we, we did a lot of horse showing back in those years too we go oh you did a lot of jimkanas and stuff okay and, so, yeah. So, so with the horse shows and I'm seeing a lot of connection between horse shows and rodeos, you know, that's kind of an evolution. Um, so with the rodeo or horse shows, rather, we you doing, you know, there's pleasure classes, equitation, there's halter, then there's the games. What, yeah. what were you doing? It, if you remember from, uh, from, in, from horse shows. Well, in the 4-H horse shows, we did quite a bit. We did, we did the, um pleasure classes and then not so much the pleasure classes. we do uh equitation and, and uh that type of the trail class and, and some of that stuff but uh when it got to the gym cannas and the open shows stuff it was all games okay. you know we, okay you know the uh, can races and the egg races, you know and i mean just all the fun games and stuff and, you bet you bet barrels poles all that good goat tying were you ever a goat tire Never seen it. Never did. I, okay. I'd never seen it until we went out to uh, the Little Bridges finals. It was okay. the first time I ever seen goat tying. Okay. <clears throat> and they, they just they didn't have a lot of stuff back here back mm -hmm. way back then, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so, so you traveled. When did you travel then with Little Bridges? You went to the finals. Where was the finals? What year would that have been, Mike? Oh, you put me on the spot. Now. I am. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, um, I had just turned 15, I believe the first year I made it. Okay. Early seventies, nineteen seven. I mean, you graduated from high school in 1974, right? 73. 73. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it would, I would have been probably in, a, in junior high. Okay. Um, it was in Littleton, Colorado, just okay. outside of Denver. Okay. And, uh, made it that that first year yeah and i went out there was another another boy and his family wanted to take a vacation and he rode bareback horses from a little town called Burgel back here and uh it's way off in the sticks well i don't know i'd never met the kid you know he came and he rode bareback horses i think he wound up second i think i won the bareback riding it a lot of them then he wound up second so we both qualified and oh. his parents took took me out oh the first year I went okay. out there because that's and quite a trip that's 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 a long ways out there yeah yeah okay and i qualified for the bull ride and the bareback ride now here's what i qualified for uh -huh. and then and then their their rules were if you qualified uh for i don't know either two events you could pick up an optional event that you really didn't qualify for okay and i entered the saddle bronc ride now Okay. Now, had you <laughs> been on a saddle bronc prior? Had, did you own a saddle? Did you own a bronc saddle? No. No. I had never seen a saddle bronc horse buck before I got there. Really? Okay. This, I just, saddle bronc riding has got to be easy. It's a saddle, you know? Right. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't have bronc riding back here. Oh, they and did. None of the, the semi-professionals, the ERA, them boys at that time, 
didn't even have it. The guys weren't riding. I hadn't even seen a saddle bronc horse go oh at that point in time. Yeah. Um, and there was a book out there. As a, I can I can picture the book. And I can't remember the name of it, but I think it had. Uh, it, it was basically a, a hard, hard book, uh, big book with had a lot of pictures. And it, it explained, and I think PRCA probably had put it out there. I'm not sure, but it explained all the events of rodeo. Okay. The bareback ride and stuff. And I had gotten one of those, I had had that book, you know, I probably got it for Christmas or something at one point in time back. And I had gotten that book out and I had read about the saddlebuck riding. Okay. You'd read about you're supposed it. To I, I mean, yep. you're, you're reading it out of a book, looking at pictures. Yeah. No just, video. <laughs> no video, just looking at pictures, and they were mostly drawings, basically oh drawings of, of in that book. They weren't even really good photos. Okay. So it was a drawing of a horse bucking and oh. kind of showed the spurring motion and the buckering and stuff like that, you know, and explained a little bit. And uh, even in that book back then, the book had said that it was bronc riding was 10 seconds. The bareback riding and bull riding were eight seconds. Yeah. But yeah. the bronc riding was supposed as a 10 second ride. Mm -hmm. That's how old and how far back that book went. So, <laughs> oh my, oh my. So, yeah, so that was my bronc riding. I got all kind of read up on it a little bit on the way out. So <laughs> you studied I had on the a way real out. Good idea what I was doing. Okay. <laughs> that was on the, uh, that was on the way out. Yeah. yeah. On the way out to Colorado. Yeah. So you'd never yeah. been on a bronc. You'd never seen a bronc go. You'd never seen a saddle, you know, modified yeah. bronc grain, all of that sort of thing. Yeah. So you get out there. Do you have at least a, a while before you got to get on? You can watch others. Do you recall? Um, I, I got out there and talked to somebody. You know, there was a man from Kansas out there, from Goodwood, Kansas, and, and I wish I could remember his name. They were wonderful, wonderful people. And he had uh, a pretty good, I don't, he might have even been the president of, of, of the association at that time. I don't okay. know. He was up there pretty, had a lot to do with the Little British Rodeos anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he made sure he'd come and, and talk to us, met us and got to talking and, you know, do you need anything, you know? And so I told him, you know, what I was on her, he asked, and I told him I didn't have a saddle or anything. Well, we'll get you fixed up. So okay. he, he starts asking around, has some kids, can you borrow your saddle and stuff? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not very tall, okay. you know, okay. when, when I'm standing there looking at these, uh, he, we, we get a saddle borrowed from some Texan that's about four foot taller than I Oh, am. my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know anything about Justin Stirrups or anything <laughs> right. like that. You know, right. so uh, right. here's the saddle. Yeah. So the very first saddle bronc horse that I seen buck, yeah. I was on him. Are you serious? Okay. Yes, I'm serious. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, you didn't I was even, in the middle of them. <laughs> you didn't even know how to set a saddle. You didn't know how to no. measure your bronc crane. None of that no. stuff. No. Oh, my and, goodness. And we were going through that, and they actually <laughs> ran a horse in the chutes for me. Okay before the rodeo yeah and showed me a few things okay. and and then um then when the show you know they started running stuff in there they had two or three kids standing around there and they must have oh boy this is going to be a goof killing here boy let's watch this so i happened to be getting in the saddle yeah and the the clown and bullfighter were standing down there outside of the chutes and, and they were, everybody was helping me because I had no clue. Yeah. And uh, they were helping me get the, the saddle put on and everything. And one of the kids said, here, there's, here's where you take your buck rein. Okay. Well, guess what? What? It was about at the back panel of the saddle. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And the bullfighter, the clown, there was a yeah. clown there. And I, I don't remember his name either. He starts yelling. Yeah. He's yelling at these kids because they're having a blast. They're oh, going to okay. watch this New York cowboy get cow killed right <laughs> okay. here. Okay. So he hops up there and he tells me, he says, you can run them guys off. He says, listen, here's where you take it. Mm -hmm. You know, just kind of, just kind of try to lift and don't pull and, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, basically that was, that was the quickie. But as 
as soon as the horse left the chute, you know, I knew I had to try to mark them out. But okay. I threw my feet up there and threw my feet right out of both stirrups because they were about <gasps> six inches longer way than they were supposed to be. Yeah. Way too long. Oh, my so God. So I'm going out through there, and the horse is just, just a nice horse, just jumping and kicking, yeah. just loping out, you know, just, just jumping and kicking, nothing very straight away. Yeah. And uh, both stirrups are flopping around, you know, oh. and I'm hanging on there. And I can hear the announcer. Well, and uh, and I got to back up just a little bit because my dad didn't want me to get on a bronc. Yeah. He he had seen a couple guys get hung up and drugged, and he saw. So I said, "No, I really want to." He said, "Well, if, you, if you're going to," he said, "I'm not going to say you can't, but if you're going to, you're going to get a pair of boots. Mm-hmm. They're too big, and you're going to cut them so that they fall off." Yeah. Well, I cut them while I had to shuffle my feet around because they'd fall off if I was walking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, when I when I lost my stirrups, my boots fell off in the arena, you know. And I go out and I make I make the ride, yeah. you know. I mean, <laughs> get off on the pickup, man. I'm running around looking for my boots, and the announcer is just roaring. Well, the New York Cowboy rode his rode his horse but he can't find his boots out here you know and just he was having a good time yeah. but i didn't care i had I, you know it was fun i yeah. mean i was you know so that was my very first saddle bronc and uh, the second one was fast yeah 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 <laughs> actually i think my second horse that i had there um i think the photographer if i believe right was james fame okay i lost i had some of those pictures and i and i had a house fire and i lost a lot of those older pictures i i don't have anymore but um i believe it was james fame and he came up to me before i got on his horse he says mike he says i i know this horse is i'm going to get a real good picture of you coming out but i'm going to tell you right now he's going to go one jump out of the chute and he's going to hang a hard left. He okay. says, and I'll get you coming out. He says, but after that, <laughs> he says, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, when the horse came out one jump, two jumps, I looked, the horse jumped right over top of the, he hit that cameraman, the camera oh, went flying, flattened him. Oh, and wow. I, I can remember looking down at the, you know, the photographer getting flung to the, you know, run over. Yeah. And when I did, that horse made his hard element left, and I landed right on top of the oh, photographer. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, we had a chuckle about that. But that was that was my initial uh, start of my saddle bronc riding. So, Those, so, so did you borrow chaps? I mean, I, were you riding in chaps at that time for the barebacks? I don't even the- think I had. I don't even think I had chaps yeah, yeah. at that time, especially bronc chaps. I may right. have had. I did have bareback chaps and bull chaps, and I probably had them on. I don't, you know, I don't remember, you know. But, but. probably not worked in with rosin or anything like oh, that. Oh, heck no. Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> what was rosin? I yeah. didn't use it in a bull rope or bareback rigging at oh, that time. Oh, my goodness. Okay, okay. So do you remember that first year? So the finals, night. Um, I'm going to say it's 1969 or something, possibly. Probably. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in there, yeah. How did you do? Bull, bull riding, bareback riding. How did you do? I rode. I rode. Uh, I rode both my bareback horses, mm-hmm. and I think I missed one of them out. Okay. And then rode. Uh, I think I rode both my bulls, but they weren't much. And, okay. You know, uh, I I remember seeing. I remember one of the pictures I did have of the bull. His big black bull jumped out there and turned back right there, and. Uh, I held my own as far as the events that I knew. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> a little bit about, sure. just a little bit. <laughs> so, so backing up a little bit before you go out there, had you had any kind of formal instruction on bareback riding or bull riding or any of that? I mean, schools or a coach or anything? No, no. I had I had a couple guys back here. Mm. Ed Phillips was one of them. Okay, Dave Mentier, a family friend that would come over and help okay. uh, he rode bareback horses um a little bit so the little bit that we did do mm-hmm. um it was just like get a little bit of advice here and there yeah i never went to i never went to a rodeo school until i think i was i may have been a junior in high school okay and, okay and by larry moriarty come up and and, and uh help some of it there was it that was a school where 
a lot of these guys that were around here, Ward Mitchell, mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah, 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 those guys kind of got together. Let's do a school. You know, we got some young guys coming up. Let's do a school, and uh, down towards Auburn, guy had an indoor arena, and so the uh, and that was the deal where if you entered three events, you get your fourth or free, and they had a bulldog in school at the same time. So that's where I learned how to bulldog at that school. Well, who could pass up a free school? Well, that, that's that, you know, I entered a bareback ride and a bull yeah. ride and the saddle bronc yeah. ride. And, 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 uh, and, and so, well, I'm going to, and I weighed a hundred and I think 128 pounds about right. that. Right. And, and uh, <laughs> but it was, I learned so much at that school from bulldog and I don't, I don't, I learned a little bit. I learned how to pull my bareback rigging by myself and, mm-hmm. you know, and things mm-hmm. like that. It's a lot of little things, but as, as far as, you know, my writing techniques and stuff, I don't remember writing, you know, learning much about that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. So that's when you first started steer wrestling. Was that as a junior in high school? That was mm-hmm. your first experience with that? Yep. Okay. So yep. by this time, you're 17, 16, 17 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. So you've been on a few bronx, saddle broncs by then. Did you have your own saddle? No. No. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We, I didn't know. <clears throat> we, it, these guys back here, uh, Ward and a guy by the name of Billy Bean, and some of them guys that did ride saddle bronze a little bit by then, um, they were always so gracious to learn their mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and you know and try to help. You know, I don't remember when I bought my first my first my first bronze saddle that I did buy was an old Hamley that still had the horn on it. Oh, really? Okay. That okay. was the very first one. It was a, it was an old one, and you know, and uh, but uh, that yeah. was the first one I bought. Then I I bought another one after that that didn't have the horn on okay. it. Okay, okay. Now, did you have your own gears? Um, and and the bareback bronc, bronc riding rigging was it a hard handle or was it the softer handle that they rode with? Back way back then, they were still soft. Handle. They were still soft handle. So yep. no, no locking your hand in. It was on grip and, and that sort on of thing. Grip. Okay. Yep. yep. And the only thing that they were doing a little bit at that time was taking tape. It, it didn't matter if it was black tape or whether it was uh, athletic tape or whatever. You turn it over backwards and go around the handle so that the sticky part was out. So it's sticky. Okay. So yeah. before <laughs> rosin and all that sort of thing. Yep. Okay. Yep. But you had your own bull rope and everything. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Going back to the Little Bridges rodeos, did you meet anybody out there that uh, you saw later, maybe, or broke out big, or something like that? Do you recall? Not that I can. I. It was so overwhelming for me. Yeah. Getting yeah. out there with all those kids around, you know, and they, a lot of them kids could really ride, you know, but they had been riding Little Bridges rodeos. They'd been riding high school rodeos. You know, okay. we just didn't have any back here. Right. And it was. It just wasn't and the difference in stock right i mean a lot more a lot better stock out there than what you'd been getting on um there was some stock that was a lot better but a lot of the stuff that we had back here that dad had and stuff was was comparable to their long round courses you know okay good so no real big step up i guess what i'm trying yeah no real big step up to go out there necessarily in the long run no, not not really. I mean, there were there certainly were some that were, you know, like that second saddlebound course I got on. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he was way over my head. Right. And uh, and there were some some of the bulls and and bareback courses that come back in the short rounds, um, were pretty good. They were pretty juicy. I remember watching some of them, but okay. uh, okay. I had never made it back to to the short rounds or, okay. in any of the events at that time. So okay. Now that was your first. That was your first episode, uh, Little Rich's Rodeo Finals. You went again, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. Yep. The following year. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. still in Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Don't little. Mm-hmm. And your events. Uh, bulls and bears. Okay. And and I, I'm pretty sure I got the bronc riding. Okay. But, still didn't have your own saddle, so still was borrowing gear. Yep, yep. I still borrowed a saddle. I took borrowed a saddle and took it out there with me. Oh, uh, you did. I, okay. I, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So at least it fits you. It had been adjusted. Yeah. You'd been in it better. before, right? You'd been <laughs> yeah. at least yeah. in the, on the saddle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do, what do what do you recall about that finals? Your second finals? Not too awful much. I didn't mm-hmm. draw very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did throw me off one of my bulls. Okay. And uh, you know the bareback riding. I was just you know I just I just drew kind of in the middle of the pen and it was just an also ram you know okay. and okay. that's the way that whole that whole week went for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was the year that Sammy went out. And uh, he won uh, Little Britches. Um, oh, typical cowboy. Typical cowboy. Yep. And the trophy was taller than he was. Yep. And it was yep. the goat tie. And that actually got him. He he won that because of the goat tie. Because he just didn't give up the goat. He <laughs> he had a heck of a time. It was yep. funny. The goat was on him. And he was on the goat. Yep. Back and forth. And uh so, and just to try that he had, the people had to, they admired it, you know? Okay. So, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that part that he wanted based on the goat tie-in. I think that's, that's what cinched it for that, him anyway. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. He was, in, he was in the bareback ride and the junior bareback ride yeah. and the junior bull ride and the goat tie-in. I, okay. I believe at that, okay. at that one. Not riding Bronx at that point. So his third event, no. your third event was Saddle Bronx, which was, which was you could, didn't have to qualify, what I understood. Mm-hmm. So you can mm-hmm. get out there and say, okay, well, I'm here. I'll do goat time. I, I, I believe so. Yep. Yep. Okay, and that makes sense. So, sixteen years of age, go out there. Um, what do you do when you get back? Um, is are you into? Are you starting to ride a little bit more organized rodeo? More going? You're sixteen years old. You got your driver's yeah. license, right? Yeah, yeah. We we started going, um, and still didn't have very many rodeos to go to around here. We'd go up into Canada a little bit once in a while, and uh, get on up there, and that was probably there were there were a few more rodeos up in Ontario uh, than there were down here right at that point. And there were some good ones too, you know, mm-hmm. the contractor was good and everything. Mm-hmm. I got up there a few times. Um, of course, Attica by then, you know, and we would go to Attica and we'd just crawl on something mm-hmm. every performance. You okay. Know, we, okay. We, we exhibition, whatever we could get on, we were getting on and, mm-hmm practicing and learning that way you know attica really helped us a lot and like i said um there were some other smaller rodeos around lock new york and uh lima new york and but there were some going up uh that they started putting on uh the era was really starting to get under a pretty good head of steam um and i don't know if you saw some of the pictures i put on mm-hmm. early of uh, athens pa mm-hmm. you know so some of those rodeos um I would get to and uh but they were just kind of getting going and uh, but going up into canada going up in ontario and riding up there is better stock that we were getting on as far as i would say it for me as a whole it was it was different so it might not have been any better stock it was just different i hadn't seen it before so my mentality was you know, this is better stuff. And he did have a few good horses up there that were, that were buckers. Okay. Okay. And, and at this point, barebacks, bull riding, saddle bronc, are you doing steer wrestling also at this point? Um, just starting to, I didn't okay. steer wrestle for like a couple of years after the school because I was small and okay. didn't think I could, you know, okay. but uh, okay. I, I started traveling with the guy that taught me at Daryl Lane. Oh, yeah. was one of the instructors and I, and I started traveling with Daryl Yeah, and because he was a bulldogger and he had a good team, well, you got to enter, well, some of those rodeos now they're starting to the ARA and, or Delmarva at the early was Delmarva Rodeo Association, Delaware, Maryland, <laughs> Virginia. And they were starting to come up into Pennsylvania a little bit. So we would go down to Maryland and Virginia and Pennsylvania and started going to some of them, uh, with Daryl and okay. Uh, okay. and that's when I started bulldogging and is some of them steers were just uh Hereford little small Hereford steers and and uh I was quick and 
a lot of them would go out and set up. I could get off, catch them, and throw them on the ground and win a little bit once in a while. So that's that's kind of where it took off from. But Daryl was my uh, my inspiration to okay. start entering the bulldogging. Okay, so a couple things. You're small, right? You're, you're, you're 135 pounds at this point, 140 pounds maybe? Yeah, I graduated out of high school. My senior year was 145 pounds. 145 pounds. So is this after you graduated from high school, you're traveling with Daryl Lane and getting a little bit further afield? No, I was still in high school. Okay, a little, okay. A little bit. My Probably my senior, junior and senior year, I went to a few, not a lot. But right. when I really started hauling with them, it was right after I graduated. Okay. So, so going back to when you were still in high school and you were traveling a bit with him, smaller, so maybe you're 130 pounds earlier before you graduated. Um, so you didn't have the sheer force and the sheer bulk to steer wrestle. So you had to depend on pretty good technique. Yeah. Okay. And that was, that was one thing. <laughs> it's kind of me and Daryl were like Mutt and Jeff, you know, he's tall, lanky, right. had lots right. of leverage. Right. And he had an excellent style of, okay. you know, for back then, you know, of getting off and staying on your feet and, you know, and, uh, and just really bringing them up over your hip and bringing them around you, you know. So that I learned by learning all that, watching him and being smaller, I had to, mm-hmm. you know, I had to really, uh, you know, when I got off, I had to really kind of just get set in the ground hard and just really try to bring them up around my hip and, and, uh, cause I didn't have the weight, you know, yeah. of course there's a lot of them that pack me right off down the arena too. Sure. You know, but, sure. The sure. good ones that handle, you know, I could hold my own. Yeah. And I got to imagine getting that good at the technique or that basic at the technique, perfection almost, to be able to throw, that had to pay dividends as your career progressed. Oh, certainly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. The other the other thing I want to I wanna talk about a little bit, uh, Daryl Lane had a team, which means he's got a team of horses. He's got a Hazen horse and he's got a dogging horse. Okay. So talk a little bit about Mount Money. This is a new concept for some of our listeners. So, yeah. So Daryl Lane has a team. You say, yeah, I'll ride one of your horses. Talk a little bit about the Mount Money then. Well, the, the general rule of thumb, if you have a full team, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you pay 25% of what you win okay. back to the owner of the horses. If he's only got a steer wrestling horse and you have to get another one, then he'd get 12.5% you know, on that. Okay. Uh, so, but with him having his team there, you know, he, uh, of course, I'd, I'd give him a quarter of what I want and, and, uh, and go on. But that was fine because, you know, I didn't have to feed him. I didn't have to own a horse for a long time. I didn't, didn't own a horse, but then, Oh, I think I was probably trying to think. I I still had the old Dodge. I was probably a year or two, maybe out of high school. I bought my first bulldog and horse. Oh, you did. Off off of Barry, Barry Rosen. Okay. Which was from New York city, Queens or somewhere down there. Barry and, couple of them guys he he carried this horse around his old red horse he was an older horse he's probably 19 20 years old oh, great wow. horse okay but he he was a bulldog the horse liked to run okay and so i wound up buying him from barry i think i gave him 500 and i had him for like three years we run him and and run won a lot of money on the horse okay but i still because i didn't have a hazen horse i still had to pay 12 and a half percent to somebody to haze for you yeah 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 Yeah. so daryl haze for you with his team when you wrote when you mounted up on his horse yeah okay yeah most most all the time every once in a while daryl have somebody else haze you know if he was trying to watch certain cattle or something or watch the line, but 99.9% of the time, Daryl always says. Okay. Okay. And how many, how many cowboys in a performance might Daryl put on his dogging horse? He, he would mount like five or six guys. Okay. I mean, if okay. he had good enough team and they were in good enough shape that they yeah. could handle it. Yeah. 
So, and, and just, I've always been curious about this. I'm willing to pay you amount money, but if I never catch, right, or I never get to the pay window, how long do mm-hmm. you let me be one of those four or five guys? It, it really depends on the cowboy. Okay. I think Daryl, okay. at that point, you know, you can, you can read somebody. Mm-hmm. If they're there just to be there to be an extra entry fee for somebody else, you know, yeah. You might get on him once or twice, okay. you know, I mean? okay. but if he sees he got some potential someday, he's going to, you know, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of the guys that are like that, but Ward was like that. Ward had a team, you know, and if you want to ride Ward's horse, it didn't matter who you were. If you needed a ride, he'd ride, he'd mount you, Okay. you know, okay. Mm-hmm. and you know, so, but a lot of the guys that weren't going to mount anything mm-hmm. didn't last very long anyway. Yeah. You yeah. know? Okay. Okay. So, okay. Okay. All right. So you bought a horse. That means you start hauling. That that had to change the whole traveling experience. It it did. Um because I I um uh, you know, I bought bought the trailer, had the had the truck and bought the trailer and and uh my first wife got a horse, so she uh okay. Ann would go with me and she'd have a barrel horse so we bought her we bought her a barrel horse and she would go and you know and she was having fun running barrels and mm-hmm. you know so okay um, yeah so it was kind of that was the start of of my traveling outside of you know we didn't go still hadn't really gone too far we stayed in new york pennsylvania ontario um you know, anything, anything within, you know, six, seven hours, mostly, you know. So, so pick us back up. You're at the finals at 16 years of age. You're starting to haul a little bit more with Daryl Lane, getting to more rodeos. You've got your ERA card. It sounds like your ARA or Delmarva back then, um, mm-hmm. already competing in more events. So finishes up through high school. So still going to school. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have summer jobs? Yeah. Yeah. I worked for the neighbor. He was a custom farmer mm-hmm. and uh, I worked for him. Um, I milked some cows, you know, oh, wow. some Sundays for the neighbor up there. Get up three in the morning and go yeah. milk cows, yeah. you know, yeah. little, little bit of stuff like that once in a while. But most of the time, uh, I was right there on the farm. You know, we were still had all the horses. Dad was still, you know, still had the riding horses going, the stables. So we were still doing that. And, uh, you know, we, wintertime, we would give, uh, hay rides and sleigh rides and stuff, you know, in fall and, and that, um, you know, so kind of went year round with a lot of that, you know, and then after I graduated, once I graduated, I, it's just kind of funny because I was about 16. Dad wanted to put on some milk cows. He thought he yeah. wanted to you know, yeah. come from a farming background. And I told him, I said, Dad, I says, I ain't going to be milking cows. Yeah. You do what you want to do. You got, I got other brothers and sisters behind me, but I'm not going to be here. Right, right. I'm going to tell you that right now. <clears throat> well, why? This is good. Make good living. I said, yeah, but I says, uh, I, I want a rodeo. I yeah. want to get out of here. I'm going to go. Okay. So, so what was that your cool that <laughs> kind of cool that. So no milk yeah. cows. You're not, you're not no milking milk cows. cows and it takes us milk one by hand once in a while. He would go, he'd go buy a milk cow just so that we would have milk. You know, I mean, you know, we went through a lot of milk stuff, so, yeah. but yeah. yeah, but no, no, uh, no dairy. <laughs> okay. No dairy, no parlor, no, none of that. Okay. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Um, so what was the bust out year? Was it the year you graduated from high school where you said time to go? Not really. Okay. Um, cause I, I still really didn't know what rodeo and the road and everything was all about. Oh, you did. I, I okay. Really didn't. I mean, we'd go here and there, you know, but it, it, I might go to, you know, through my high school years till I got out. I only probably went to seven or eight rodeos in a year oh that's oh okay okay a few you okay. know yeah and uh then once i got out of, uh, out of high school and kind of started to go yeah um mostly 
it was you'd go to Attica and you'd mm-hmm. like I said, you'd get on everything you could get on there and you'd go somewhere else and then we started entering some rodeos and going to Ohio and starting to spread out a little bit more and looking at it and and uh, I think I was probably I think what really really tripped my um, want to to go is I got my IPRA card, well, IRA back then. I got my IRA card. I think I was, uh, I must have been a senior in high school. Okay. And okay. Gary's, my very first IRA rodeo was in Annapolis, Maryland, and that was in April. And we're still in the snow banks up here. Well, uh, Gary Sicoria was bareback rider and steer wrestler up here, and he kind of helped get me going. He took me to my first IRA rodeo. Okay. We went to Annapolis, Maryland. Okay. And uh, I get down there. The trees are blossomed out. It's warm. It's just, you know, <laughs> yeah. you get down there and yeah. and uh, get on the horse. And I don't know nothing about, you know, anybody else, you know, just to me, my eyes are big college girls are there and they're liking cowboys and I'm getting all pumped up. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah. And I get on a horse that I don't know if he had been ridden up to that point. Nobody had said nothing to me about him. His name was, Oh no, crazy horse. Mm. And uh triple K rodeo company out of Maryland had him, Kenny Brown. And, okay. uh, okay. I remember you know, I nodded my head, and the next thing, I mean, I horse went out there two or three, and the next thing, I'm I'm reared back, and I'm looking, and I see everybody in the bucket shoes behind me. Oh this my. is in the middle of, this is night night rodeo, so the lighting was, the horse had reared up, and I mean, he was straight up and down. I'm oh. looking, <laughs> and I and he landed on his feet, and I win the rodeo. Oh wow! I, I, okay, I, I, just my very first IRA rodeo, and I won it. Yeah. And uh, so we get, of course, that really pumped me up. Welcome to the big leagues. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't even know if I entered a bull ride, to be honest with you. I, I, you know, and probably didn't. Okay. Because I really didn't know, you know, going to me, that was, that was big time going, you know, going out of state, you know, down there. And, uh, but, uh, no, I, I won the bareback riding at night. It, it got lost in the IRA office out in Oklahoma for some reason. I finally get a check in the mail in November. They were going, got oh, nod, wow. yep, went through their audit books and they found it. It was oh, lost. Wow. Never sent it. Oh, wow. well, I didn't know how it worked. I'd be yeah. there, you know, been there to get paid on some of these little rodeos around here or somebody picked my money up or something. Yeah. I said, man, well, what do we have to do? Wait till the end of the year to get your money. And I was getting ready to call them. I, was, I got to thinking about that, you know, and, mm-hmm. Well, then the check comes in the mail, and they had a nice letter saying they apologized. They couldn't believe it. They don't. They found it, and so anyway, that was my experience to start with. With uh, going that way, and then uh, I think that winter, my other buddy that rode bareback horses, Dave Mentier, mm-hmm. uh, took me to uh, uh, Roanoke, Virginia, mm-hmm. and. It was a building rodeo, and I believe it was a Longhorn rodeo. I believe it was Loretta Lynn Longhorn rodeo, and uh, I entered that one down there. I don't think I did anything down there at all, but uh, mm-hmm. so that was, you know, so that was, that was a kind of the kickoff. And I said, "Oh boy, you know, I guess I can hold my own if I get get out here and get going yeah. a little bit." And it yeah. was still a while before I really, really got excited and decided to crack the nut and go ahead okay. and go okay. hard. You know? Okay. So talk a little bit about, you call them building rodeos, and that means they're in the buildings, they're in the coliseums or whatever, the big arenas, mm-hmm. and they're in the winter, and not a lot of rodeos going on in the winter. So do you remember the caliber of cowboys, cowgirls, the rodeo athletes that were showing up for these rodeos? Oh, yeah. If they could put their boots on and they were there. I mean, anybody that was anybody was there because, like you said, the same thing. You know, I mean, the guys from Oklahoma and up in Montana and, you know, I mean, all over, they were they were going to them. Of course, you know, them Longhorn Rodeos, they had quite a bit of money added to them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, to get the guys there. So 
that was uh, that was another real eye opener for you know little snot nosed kid that really didn't know a heck of a lot what he was doing at that point in time, but he was just going and having fun and learning, meeting people, and and uh, you know and really finding out that a lot of the guys out there were willing to help you know and, okay. and willing to give you advice okay excellent and and just bareback still at this point mike at roanoke i i think i got on board i think i i don't remember if i got in the bronc ride or not yeah, I, yeah. I, I probably did being that dumb but okay okay <laughs> uh, but you know it, it was the whole thing like at attica you know when i when i told my dad you know i'm, I'm gonna go rodeo and well, what are you going to do? He said, you can't, you can't compete against guys like Ward Mitchell and, you know, Daryl Lane and them. And I said, well, so I went to Attica and what really kind of really the snake that bit me was at that time, I think you, you almost had to ride every performance, at least three goals. And, uh, you know, so even though the bronc riding was my worst event, that was one of the first ones that I really made money and this was before you know before i went you know started going back when i was about 14 15 years old yeah and uh so i had placed in the saddle bronc riding okay because they didn't throw me off it wasn't very good rides but i yeah. mark them out and they didn't get me on the ground i see and okay. uh so i won some money in the average i think it won 140 bucks at one time i went back man i look at here dad yeah, look what yeah, I think, you know? yeah. And, uh, that was that was the snake that bit me and then from there you know i was able to you know pick up and start going and, and making making more of a career out of it okay. after after i found out that i really could because eight seconds 140 bucks in eight seconds of course, it wasn't just eight seconds, but to me, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to work for it, you know, really hard. I had fun making money. There you go. There you go. Now, one of the things I want to talk about this, you know, working three events, ultimately working four events, you're paying, if you're working three events, you're paying three entry fees. And I don't mm -hmm. want to lose that with our listeners. You're putting up three times the money. You got three opportunities to ride three different events. So more money possibly on the winning side. And I'm, I'm taking you back to Roanoke, Virginia and, and, and those mm -hmm. early, early years. Did mm -hmm. that ever bite you? You know, I just paid three entry fees, only one money in one or something like that. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. If you had a bad weekend, you had a bad weekend yeah. because, you know, it's pretty much that's, you, you took everything that you did make during the week doing something and, and just blew it. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and that happened, I mean, that happened off and on my whole career. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, they okay. were, you either had pockets full of money and, you know, <laughs> and I, I just, you know, Jimmy Myers, a super friend of mine, you know, and I remember, you know, talking to Jimmy back, he was a good mentor and, and, uh, just, he, he really pushed me. Um, but. I remember him telling somebody the reason he rode and rodeoed is because of the money. Mm -hmm. And I got to thinking, I said, that's not why I rodeoed. I okay. didn't know about making money. I was out here just having fun. Okay. And that's what, and the money was just secondary. Oh. And I think I kind of lived that way because if I did real good and the rule of thumb in my truck was when we, when I started hauling a bunch of young guys is, whoever won is going to buy supper for everybody, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I spent a lot of money on food and, you yeah, know, and I yeah. threw a lot of it away that I could have stuck somewhere else, you know, but that's just the way I was, you know, I wasn't, I, I just enjoyed it. Yeah. And that's interesting. And we're going to talk more about this in, in another episode. I love the mental aspect of rodeo. Okay. And, and you're alluding to that, you know, what is my motivation for wanting to compete? And for Jimmy Myers, it sounds like it was money. And for you, it was, you just simply enjoyed it. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah. To start with, you know, and then of course, when you start winning money, then, you know, it's, that's there. That's why, why you're out there because now it's not just, you, you've grown up enough. It's not just fun and games in high school and you know it's it you're out there on the road to make a living 
and uh, I've got a family to support, you know, later on, you know, as that going. So it did become the money, but the love of the sport never left. All the way through. And, uh, All the way through. There, there got some ups and downs, yeah, and yeah. there was a couple times I tried to quit riding bulls, and, uh, you know, I just had a bad streak, and I said, you know what, I can't keep going to these and giving my money away, I'm going to quit. So I okay. quit for about two weeks and I couldn't stand it anymore and get okay. back in it and okay. win a little bit. <laughs> okay. We go again. Yeah. Yeah. So, so backing up, um, what would you consider your rookie year, your first rookie year breaking out in the IRA hard, you're riding APRA possibly by this time it's, it's moved from the Del Marva to, to the ARA, let's say, mm-hmm. what was the breakout rookie year? It would have been 1978. Four years or three years, five years after you graduate from high school. Yep. Okay. Uh, that was, that was really the, the lights came on. I really, um, buddy of mine, Joe Farley, that I traveled with him and Vern Edwards and some guys, you know, that we were traveling up here and, and Joe would go, and, um, you know, he, he told me, well, Joe, back when we were kids and still in high school and stuff, he said, oh, you need to go to more than one rodeo because back when you went to Attica, you just went to Attica. He yeah. says, I said, well, why would I do that? He said, so it's going to cost me quite a bit more to go. He said, yeah, you can, you can win more. The more rodeos you enter, yeah. and that's when the lights clicked on about I see. starting I see. to do some traveling. But then the, the part that I – kind of got joe went to florida a couple times he's talking about the rodeos down there and i said you know what uh in 78 my sister my daughter sarah was born in may uh-huh. the house burnt down that oh. may or oh. that that april i think we lost march or april we had lost the house i had just bought a brand new truck so i had a brand new pickup mm-hmm. and um i told my wife i says i'm gonna go to florida and see what it's like down there. Okay. Uh, so I loaded up and went down in November. I, no, I got to back up. That's that's a lie. I went, I went. Me and Joe and Vern went down to a rodeo down in, in Palaka, Florida, and uh, and I went down there and I did really good. I had a good weekend. And the stock contractor Dave Morgan come up and they <laughs> they were. You get talking to Joe and some of them guys and say, he's kind of a rough course son of a gun, you know. You, you know, he don't really like a lot of guys, you know, Yankees and stuff, you know. But I'll tell you what, that man after the rodeo, I never said a word to him when I come up after the rodeo. and He mounted me in the bulldog and even, you know, I asked him to get mounted. Yep. So, but after after uh, the rodeo, he come up and introduced himself and shook my hand and told me he was glad that glad to see me and asked me if I was going to come back and see him again. I okay. Said, well, I think I probably will. Okay. Okay. And that, that November I went back down and they had a long rodeo. I went to that and that's when I really got to know David a little bit better. Okay. And, uh, okay. And then from there I went down and, and just started going, went to Florida and, and uh, we moved down there that winter and spent the winter, me and my wife and daughter and, and uh, started there. So I would say that probably was my, really my real rookie year to, as far as my professional career went. Okay. So 1978, what finals did you qualify for? The ARA finals back up here, of course. Okay. So you yeah. weren't going hard yet, uh, IPRA or IRA. I went to a few. You yeah, know, those yeah. were IRA, FCA rodeos down there, and went, yeah. you know, yeah. We've been going to some uh, Diamond Rodeo. Had a, he had all the IRA rodeos. Uh, Bob put on a bunch of IRA rodeos back in uh, Virginia and West Virginia, mm-hmm. big time. So okay. that part of the IRA, I was I was going to. Okay. Back here, but that was you know they're they're right close to home. Okay. So you still weren't driving. I, I know you went to Florida and you did that during the winter, but you still weren't driving or traveling very far afield. You were staying in the Northeast for the most part. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Well, the next time we get together, we're going to pick up right from here. I like the rookie year, 1978s when the lights came on. I like that. Um, 
and we're going to pick up from there, Mike, and uh, we'll 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 keep stepping forward through your career if that's okay. Cool. Yeah. You okay. bet. All right. Well, I really appreciate it here tonight, and uh, th- this has been interesting. I I am learning so much. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. In our next episode, we will pick up with Mike where we left off starting in 1979. Now, I've added some links for my research in the notes for your review. And to make your listening easier, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Search for Beyond the Shoots and follow us. Remember, check out the New York State Rodeo Museum Facebook group page and become a member. And thank you to Parasite Systems for their support with our podcast. Parasite Systems is a push-button parasitic diagnostic system for pasture animals, horses, cattle, goats, sheep, and chickens, and for companion animals, dogs, and cats. And you can find them at ParasiteSystems.com. Now, this is Beyond the Shoots. Until next time, this is Doug Simcox. Thank you for listening. <laughs>